Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Falcoholic Podcast listeners, welcome to another episode of the Falcoholic Live, now available in audio-only format. Before we get to the show, just want to remind you that you can catch the Falcoholic Live live on YouTube at 8.10 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday nights. And if you're interested, we also have a post-game show that goes live right after the games on Sunday or whatever date happens to be played. So we hope you enjoy this episode, and we hope to see you on YouTube if you're available. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to the Falcoholic Lives Week 7 post-game show. I am your host, Kevin Knight, joined possibly by a few other guests here as time goes on. Apologies for the delay today. Uh, The YouTube streaming server was not cooperating. Uh, so I apologize for that. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time to get the hamsters running in the right direction here. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning in. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems to me that the uh, the Falcons keep finding new and exciting ways to blow leads, to blow football games. Obviously, the lead wasn't huge, and it was, you know, delivered at the very end of the game. But uh, it has to be pretty concerning for this team that... The same issues keep occurring over and over again every single week, it seems like, except for last week. So that was a, last week was a little bit of a nice uh, change from the usual, you know, devastating blown lead type situation. But uh, they did it again. Uh, so clearly it's not all Quinn's fault that this team is bad. But, uh, you know, the as I cautioned over the course of the week, Dirk Cutter's offense doesn't always look so good if it's not playing bottom trash bin tier defenses. And the Lions certainly aren't great on defense, but they are better than Minnesota. And like clockwork, the Falcons offense struggled. They were not nearly as sharp in the passing game until late in the game. Uh, The running game was a complete disaster until late in the game. And uh, it's pretty dark out there if you're a Falcons fan to once again be forced to deal with a loss of this caliber, another blown lead where the Falcons were, you know, projected to have an over a 95% chance to win the game. Once again, we are out here discussing a loss that this team should have had locked up and you can you can uh, you know, try to get on Todd Gurley's case, I guess, uh, for what he was up to, but I mean to me I just don't I just don't see it. Uh, I think for being totally honest that, you know, like I, I don't necessarily blame Todd Gurley for scoring there because look, let's just be honest. Like this is a guy that, this is a guy that every bone in his body is telling him to score. And <laughs> it's, it's really hard to not do that. You know, it, it, it's difficult. And 
I just don't know, really know what to say. Like, I, I have a hard time really blaming Gurley for something like that. Um, but, you know, if, if the Falcons don't, you know, score there and they, they burn off some more <laughs> some more time on that clock, uh, you know, maybe it does work out okay. But they didn't, and it didn't work out okay, and now... You know, we're dealing with, once again, another disastrous loss for this team. And I'm kind of, you know, out of ways to describe all this nonsense. Um, it's just, I, I don't, I just don't know what else to say. I mean, I don't know how you can continue blowing it on this level. Um, and I don't know how this sort of situation can continue week to week. Like, I, I, I guess I just don't know what else to say. Like, um... Sorry, folks. This The chat box from last week, it was not working correctly. So I think I fixed that. All right. So you now should be able to see your chat. And if anyone uh, does subscribe or tip or do that sort of thing, that should show up too. Apologies that that wasn't 100% implemented. Uh, I think I forgot to set it up for the solo screen and not for the, the usual screen where we have guests. But um, yeah, I mean, if you guys have questions, make sure uh, to put those in the chat. You can tag at the Falcoholic. That'll help me see them. Um, and if you have particularly burning questions, now you can actually tip the stream and that will cause the question to really show up for me to where I can't possibly ignore it. Obviously, I'm going to try to answer as many as I can, but uh, on game days, it gets kind of busy. So I'm just throwing that out there as an option if you guys want to support the show. But um where to start with the problems? There's, there's a lot of them. Um, you know, to me, the biggest issue is that the run game was a disaster against a defense that is really bad against the run. And that's a big indictment of a lot of things. Um, I mean, I think in a lot of ways, the, the offensive line was not doing enough in terms of run blocking. Um, but... You know, it, it, it should have been better. I mean, this is a, a Detroit Lions defense that gives up over 4.9 yards per carry. They were giving up the 29th most rushing yards in the NFL. And the Falcons could barely move the ball on the ground against them until, like, that last drive. I mean, it's ridiculous. And Abixis, thank you once again uh, for subscribing. We really appreciate that, guys. Um, so, I just... Like, to me, you have to be able to, to get pushed with the run game. Uh, and if you can't get pushed with the run game against a bad run defense, when can you get pushed? Uh, that, that, to me, is, is a major question there. Um, and uh, JL Hunt, thank you as well for subscribing, man. We really appreciate that. Um, so, to me, failure to, to execute in the run game until it was very, very late, uh, that's a big, big issue. Um, moving on from that, Another significant issue is that the play calling was boring. I mean, it wasn't good. Um, it, it Basically, the Falcons offense kept getting bailed out by just tremendous plays. Um, so we saw Hayden Hurst make a couple of great plays. That's awesome. We saw Ridley make a couple of crazy plays. Uh, Witten, Witten Delect. Thank you for subscribing as well, man. Really appreciate that. Um we saw Julio make some key plays. You know, th this team was able to convert in key situations due to some spectacular plays, but Cutter was just, I mean, he was leaving his guys out, out to dry. Like, there was very little help, schematically speaking, from Cutter. Um, and the Lions' defense, while they're bad against the run, they're not bad against the pass. This is the, uh, the 15th, you know, ranked pass defense. So they're pretty average there. And 
this is my big problem with Dirk Cutter is when the, the offense just doesn't completely outclass the defense in terms of talent. The scheme is a big a big issue. I mean, it holds this team back. Zoltan Palotai. Uh, thank you for subscribing, man. Appreciate you. Um, so I just uh, – we see this consistently. I mean, like go back to the Packers game. The Packers are not a good defense. Uh, they were allowing, you know, a ton of yards per play through the air. Uh, but – Overall, they were, you know, kind of just below average uh, to average in terms of defense. And Cutter's offense looked completely inept, like it wasn't capable of doing anything. And then when you get this team up against the Cowboys, who are way worse than the Falcons on defense, it's hard to say, you know, that, but it's true. And then the Vikings, uh, two bottom-of-the-barrel defenses, then of course the offense looks great, because just about any offense in the league is going to crush those teams. But... um, it's just this team has too much talent. I mean, it's obvious from top to bottom that the Falcons have an enormous amount of talent, particularly on the offensive side. And to see it squandered to the tune of like 22 points against a below average overall defense, uh, it's not good enough. You know, it, it pretty clearly just not good enough. Um, yeah, and I mean, you could definitely question, you know, some of the decision making, like the fourth and five, should they have taken the field goal or not? Um, I was pretty split on the decision at the time, so I don't want to go back and, you know, obviously with the gift of hindsight, we know that those three points would have, you know, been the difference in the game, but we don't have that gift now, so we can't really, I I don't want to be, I want to be fair and say that I think that was kind of a toss-up decision, and it ended up biting them, it does sometimes, but, um, you know, you take away some of these things that were big issues. You, you you take away some of the blown officiating calls, which were abundant in this game. I mean, the, the refs spotted Detroit at least four points in terms of that completely bogus roughing the passer call. That was maybe the the worst roughing the passer call I've seen this year. Um, it's just, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, what do you want AJ Terrell to do? He's half the size of Matt Stafford. Do you want this man to, like, just stop trying to tackle him? I mean, it, it's, it's ridiculous to me. Um, Yeah. I mean, Jawal Washington, like, I don't disagree with you. Like, like you take the points. Like, it was fourth and five. Like, this was not a fourth and one situation. So the chances of making it were a lot lower. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think you can definitely lean towards the field goal there. The The score situation where the Falcons were up by just one, you know, technically the field goal doesn't. The field goal makes it a touchdown game, obviously, instead of a field goal game. But I think... I think Raheem Morris has the right instincts and in that he knows he can't trust the defense to get a stop, which was correct. Uh, but the offense also screwed up. So it is it is what it is. Um, Trey Mendez, what brew today? I actually made a... Uh, it's called a, a apple cider mule. So it's uh, one part cider, one part ginger beer, and then one part Tito's. So that, that's actually pretty good. I've been enjoying it. That's been helping, helping out uh, a lot. But... Yeah, I mean, that last drive, it was tragic. I mean, you could see that Gurley, like, it, it, every instinct in his body as a running back is telling him to score that touchdown. Um, and, like, he, I don't think he expected it to be that open. I mean, the Lions, the Lions defender gave up on the tackle. Like, he knew the Lions defender was in the middle of the tackle and just gave up on it. So Gurley had a lot of momentum after the Lions defender basically just let go of him, and he just couldn't stop. Uh, and it was unfortunate because the Falcons probably win the game if they... Um, just kind of, you know, take that uh, take that one yard and just kind of kneel kneel down a couple times and then try to get in the end zone. Um, but it's just, it's rough, man. That, that's real rough. Um, 
Yeah, so I, I think it's I think the rush to blame Gurley, like he was the obvious one who you know messed up on that play. But at the end of the day, the reason they lost the game was not Todd Gurley. The reason they lost the game is because the defense completely crumbled on the final drive. I mean, they allowed like seventy-five yards in like a minute, um, and then the touchdown when he was just wide open in the end zone. So you know, it is what it is. Uh, but. Also, they just weren't good for most of the game. I mean, the offense was really stuck in neutral for a long time. They did have a couple of very long drives. But again, like, they had to constantly get bailed out by guys just making fantastic plays. Like, Dirk Cutter's offense against defenses that aren't trash, it, it looks so hard. He makes it so difficult every single play. He constantly shoots his own team in the foot by forcing them to run on second and long. I mean... Second and 13 was the damn run call on on the play before Matt Ryan got sacked and fumbled the ball. Dirk Cutter called a run on second and 13. Like, there's running on second and long, and then there's running on second and 13. That is just a goddamn embarrassment. Like, I, I, cannot, I cannot make it any more clear than that. There is absolutely no scenario where you run on second and 13. You're basically just saying, we're going to punt. We're going to punt this ball, uh, and I'm fine with that. Um, so... Just, it's it's gross. It's really gross. Uh, I, I don't really know what else to say about that. But um, the defense was solid, mostly against the run. The pass was not good. The reason they looked better, I think, than they actually were was because Matt Patricia's a bad coach too, and he is very stubborn about running the ball as much as he can. So it didn't matter that the Falcons were literally fifth in the NFL in rushing yardage allowed. Matt Patricia was going to run the damn ball, and boy, oh boy, he did. It didn't end up costing his team the game, unfortunately, but um, like if this if this Lions team actually went out and threw the ball like they should have, this would have been a blowout because the, the pass defense is still a disaster. The only time they can get pressure is if they, if they blitz, and to be fair, they got two sacks off blitzes, so that's nice, but like this team can't rush with four. The coverage is awful, uh, and I just, yeah, I, I just don't really know what else to say there. All right, George Costanza. This is a long one. Give me a second. Five dollars, man, bro. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Um, yeah, uh, ridiculous to expect early not to score there. Fans are dumb. Whoa, whoa. Okay, calm down. I, I, can't, I can't go too crazy on the people here. The defense has to make that stop. You don't leave points on the field. This is a two and fourteen team. We should expect it. Going to lose the last seven games. Schedule is brutal. Uh, not too much I can argue with there. Uh, some fans are dumb. I don't want to like typecast everyone in here because if you guys listen, watch the show, I think you're probably a lot smarter than the average fan. So shout out to you guys. But um, it is ridiculous to expect Goli not to score there. I mean, um, like in an ideal world, he doesn't. But it's like, why why would you ever coach your running back not to score? You don't expect that the lion like the Lions defender is going to release you at the last second. And he kind of just fell in after that. Um, so yeah, it's rough. Um you know, obviously they should score. It would have been nicer if it took a couple more plays, but it, it is what it is. It was rough there. But uh, George, really appreciate you. Thank you, man. Um, but yeah, it's like there's so many issues and there's so many plays that that lead to to Gurley being the one to get blamed there at the end. And um, unfortunately, you know, I I think that this team should have been a lot better on offense. Um, so I blame Cutter for that. I blame Cutter for. St- seemingly still not really understanding how this offense works, how how Gurley is a guy that is really good rushing outside. And sure, he can take 
carries up the middle and he can be good with them. You know, we, we saw several times how savvy he is. Like his vision is still great. His contact balance is still great. He's not particularly bursty, but if you give him a head of steam, he's very hard to tackle. And it's almost like Gurley is like revolting against Dirk Cutter because he just bounce. He has to bounce it out himself because those runs up the middle are awful. Um, hold on one second. Adnan's trying to get in here. Let me, uh, let me get this man a link to the show. Give me one second, folks. All right, so we should be getting Adnan Ikic in here as well in just a minute, folks. So that'll be a lot of fun. Help me, you know, maybe get some more, get some more pointers going here. But, um... Yeah, at Hey Adnan, what's up man? How you doing? I have penetrated in. Oh, hold on one second. My sound is messed up. Hold on. Okay, try again. Uh, hello. Um Yes, perfect. Yeah. We got you now. Yeah, we got you now. We're awesome. good. Yeah, I've I've Trojan horsed my way in. I was uh, <laughs> I was standing on the outside watching for the last few minutes. But you know, yeah, you were lurking, and now you're swarming. So. I was lurking. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I've been going off, so I'll give you a chance to go off a little bit because this was a pretty bad one. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty bad loss. But I'm not going to lie to you. The fact that we're now 1-6, and six, it, it makes it so much easier to digest. Right. Because if this was, like, a week one loss, then I'd be, like, distraught. Like, after that <laughs> Cowboys game, Oof, like the next day I was thinking about it. Like, oh, how can we not like recover that onside kick? What what's going on? Like how how did we do this? And then the Bears game too. Now it's like, you know what? The season is a lost season. I was crunching the numbers just for the hell of it, just for fun to see, you know, what would it take to get to the playoffs for the Falcons? And you not having lost this game, if you had won this game, you were probably allowed two more losses the rest of the season. Uh, and you have to play the Saints twice in the second half. You have to play the Bucks twice, and you have to play the Chiefs. So you'd have to sweep one of the Saints or Bucks, split the other game, because I'm just assuming a loss to the Chiefs, and then win mm-hmm. everything else. But that's not happening. And no, please don't <laughs> take this as, oh, I'm looking, I'm looking at the playoffs. I was sarcastically joking about it in our uh, Falcolic group chat. But, yeah, no, playoffs is completely out of the question. And, I mean, I am absolutely shameless in my pursuit of the tank this year. Yes. I do not care. Like, I, I know so, some people who I look up to who are very, very intelligent, who are great mentors of mine, you know, on the Falcoholic and everywhere else are completely against tanking. I am completely against the idea of being against tanking. I'm here for the tank this season. I'm here for the top five pick. I don't think playing for pride will get us anywhere because we played for pride the last two years and look at where it's gotten us. We're one in six. <laughs> look at how much that has helped us. Not too much. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. It's it's unfortunate that it's come to this. But yeah, I mean, they're just not good. Eli Amberson, man, thank you for subscribing. We appreciate you. But I, I just, yeah, I mean, at this point, what else What else do they accomplish by winning games? I mean, nothing. nothing like, <laughs> I, you can't... You can't play for pride. Like, what pride are you going to get in being seven and nine again? I'd rather not be seven and nine again because we gave the Saints fans hell for being seven and nine three straight seasons, and now we're going to do that again if we like do it. 
So no, like I'm here for the tank. I'm here for losses like this. And you know, just when you think that they'll win, they falcon it up and lose this game. Yeah. Uh, uh, looking at it specifically in this game, uh, when we were kicking it on fourth and five, or when we weren't kicking it on fourth and five, when we went for it, I was losing my mind because I understand like there are the analytics in play. And if this was the first quarter, like tie game, and you're trying to be aggressive, then I'm here for going for it. But just looking at the game situation, you were up by one point in that uh, situation, uh, and your defense was doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Like your def- the Falcons' defense stepped up in this game, and other than that, other than the last drive where they once again went, oh yeah, let's go Dan Quinn defense and just like you know off coverage, no pressure, nothing like that. Um, and other than that terrible, terrible uh, roughing the passer penalty on that first line's touchdown drive, the defense stepped up. So I think in that case, you have to trust your defense. It's not like this was a 34-33 game where your defense isn't getting any stops. And you're like, all right, now we have to be aggressive. Let's go for it. So I didn't like the idea of being overly aggressive there. I didn't like not trusting the defense because Young Wei Koo this season has been automatic other than that one game where he was hurt against... Um, I think it was the Chicago Bears, and we found out later on that he was playing injured. Um, so that was a big mistake, running it on second and 13 on that last drive. Mm-hmm. Like, we keep saying this should be a fireable offense. Every single yeah, week, yeah. Dirk Cutter says, does something that should be a fireable offense, but, you know, he's just immune to that. I don't know what you're doing. You're, you're up. You have over five minutes left in that game. Like, are you trying to run down the clock? <laughs> it, it's, it's like you're just conceding that entire drive. And, yes, the very next play, Matt Ryan got strip-sacked. The offensive line, which did a, a very good job other, other than that one play. Like, shout-out to the offensive line this season. They've been, they've been very good. I, I've been very impressed with the, with the O-line all year long, especially in pass protection. Um, and... You know, it, it was just, it was a very good, it was a very good performance by them. I liked the performance by the defense up until the end. You just have to give it to Matthew Stafford on that final drive, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he, Matthew Stafford is an incredible quarterback late in games. He's a very clutch quarterback. He has so many fourth quarter comebacks. He gets a bad rap because he's never had a defense and he's never had a run game. But Matt Stafford is a very good QB. And uh, one more thing, like Todd Gurley, very admirable. Uh, I don't blame him at all for that, for um, falling into the end zone because mm-hmm. he was trying not to, but his momentum was just taking him forward. He just right, couldn't help right. himself. In that situation, you got the two points. It's up to your defense to mm-hmm. get the stuff, to just not let them drive the entire field to yeah. get the touchdown. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. I it is. said it on I said it on uh, Twitter. It had shades of that London game in It did. It really did. It looked like there might have been a runoff there for a second. I was oh, like, I, I was getting hyped for runoff. it. Yeah, but oh, I was. Too. I was yeah. like, there's no way they're doing this again. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, honestly, maybe we should be thanking Todd Gurley for protecting the tank. Like, honestly, like, because if oh, this absolutely. was if this was like week 17 last year and Todd Gurley did that, he would have been a fan hero. Like for for like blowing the game like that, but no, I mean it's just funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's probably for the best that we did lose this game. For being totally honest, this this probably was one of the most winnable games left. But when we look back at the end of the season and we're picking top five with like five wins, we'll look back like, man, that Dallas game, that Chicago game, that Detroit game, like this has us 
picking top top five, <laughs> top ten. We're getting those opposed- crucial tiebreakers too. So, <laughs> oh, oh yes, you know we're, we're it's draft season. Watch like we're tied with the Giants and a bunch of other teams for the second worst record. Don't even look at the top pick. The Jets are just too bad, you know, to overtake yeah. them yeah. unless they fire Adam Gase. But yes, I am I'm absolutely here for it. You know, I didn't mind at all. The uh, kick went up. And I thought that uh, that unsportsmanlike conduct by Amendola was really going to screw them on the kick because it made it a 48-yard extra point. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I thought it was a false start when uh, the right. referee yeah. had the motion. And I was like, wait, like, what? Is this, is is this, this going to happen? Go to yeah, yeah, no, but unfortunately not. But, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I'm telling you, it's just like the air feels just so much clearer. And, you know, the birds are just singing so much more when you're not <laughs> – emotionally invested in Falcons wins we're, yeah. I, we're still emotionally invested in the Falcons yeah it's not in wins yeah exactly exactly uh so I do we do have some tips that I want to read off here uh I didn't want to interrupt you on not because you were making some great points but uh so George Costanza again with the five dollars bro we really appreciate you uh he says wanted to give you guys one more donation donation thanks for all you guys do appreciate that brother uh for Thank the panel you. we got some questions so uh first off I'll let you take this one on because it's pretty simple is there any game left on the schedule where we should expect to win? Ooh, let me look at the schedule. <laughs> let me pull the schedule up. Yeah. Let me pull this up. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying this uh, little game. Well, the Panthers on Thursday, they're, they yeah. almost beat the Saints. They Let, did. Let's run down it. Let, let's, let's run down Do a quick it. rundown. Just, yeah. just, for, just, for, just for kicks. <laughs> yeah. All right, so the Panthers on Thursday, they, they didn't look, they've been looking very good this year, and McCaffrey's probably not going to play because it's a Thursday night game. It doesn't matter. Mike Davis was killing us. Uh, I'm not. I'm not making us favorites in that game. The Broncos, possibly. I think the Broncos won. You know, Drew Locke hasn't looked that great. Like their defense is still solid. I'm going to say the Broncos won. But let's just continue looking down. The Saints in New Orleans. The Raiders, who look very good, they beat the Saints. The Saints again. The Chargers, who are much better than their record indicates. Like I can't wait to see what Justin Herbert does to our defense. Then you have the Bucks, Chiefs, and Bucks. So. I'm going to go with the Broncos game is the one where I think we should be favored. And I think Vegas will probably favor us for that Chargers game. But that that's a tough West Coast swing. You're going from Atlanta to L.A. Uh, the week before, we, we will have had to play the New Orleans Saints in probably a very emotional, very difficult game, as those are, always are. So... I wouldn't say that we we should be favorites in that Chargers game. I'm going to go with uh, with the with the Broncos game. Yeah, yeah, I think the Broncos makes sense to me. Like the Chargers has that really good defense, so it's going to make Dirk Cutter's offense look really bad. But yeah, probably probably yeah. the Broncos game is our best bet going forward. I will say I don't know which one, but I think we will win one of the two games against the Saints. I think so too, just because this team always gets up to play. New yeah, Orleans. they get up to play the Saints, and it's also very very difficult to beat a team twice in three weeks yeah it is it is and you look at it possibly they could possibly upset the bucks at the end of the season too mm-hmm. just because for the same reason but uh, with the bucks i'm less inclined to think about that because you have the chiefs in between them yeah and you know the chiefs are just gonna i can't wait to see what <laughs> blast us against yeah guys. Mahomes will be out by the you know third quarter he'll be he'll be taking a nice break on the sideline but uh Second half of George's question: uh, What was what's more pathetic? All right, Atlanta losing in this manner, or Dallas putting up just three points against the Washington football team? Uh, I'm gonna go with Atlanta yeah. losing in this manner, yeah. just because Dallas doesn't have an offensive line. Yeah, and, and they're on their third string quarterback now. Yeah, so. they're on their third string quarterback, and Washington's defensive line's like mm-hmm. very good. Mm-hmm. Like 
they have all those former first round picks. They have Chase Young. They have those Alabama guys. Yeah. Like Washington, that that was a sneaky good play in fantasy if you managed to have the foresight to pick up the Washington football team because, like Detroit, I think uh, Knight uh, got injured. He was their backup right tackle. Yeah, yeah, Brandon uh, Knight, my brethren. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah your cousin Brandon <laughs> yeah. Knight. Uh, yeah, we're probably related. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lael Collins is out for the year probably. Uh, Smith is out for the year. Tyrone Smith. Zach Martin was out in this game, so. You know, I, I'm going to give Dallas a bit of a pass for that game just because they're playing with, like, nobody. And, yeah. you know, Dalton got hurt, too. Yeah, I agree. And then this was just such a, you know, embarrassing way to lose the game, too. So, it like... No, this is an embarrassing game. This isn't even one of the, like, three most humiliating losses of the season for the yeah. Falcons, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's... Yeah, exactly. Like, this is, like, barely... This is barely going to register on the embarrassment meter, but... Um, yeah, for, for, like, any other team, they're, like, thinking about this, like, all season. <laughs> for us, it's like, oh, it's just... It's oh, yeah. Given throw it on the pile. Yeah, throw it on the pile. Yeah. Also, yeah, we well, got... That, to... That's it? Like, that, yeah. that's all that happened? That's, we didn't even oh, have that yeah. big of a lead in this game. Oh, yeah. We, we only blew a one-point lead. It's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, also uh, Clarity A1 just popped in. $10 tip, bro. Thank you so much. Um, at this point, he says, uh, I assume it's a heat. Uh, I wonder if a full reset on the franchise is needed. We're getting there, bud. Uh, get rid of everyone except young, promising players. As, as for Matt and Julio, I don't know. Part of me wants to see Julio go to a competitor. IDK, get yourself some drinks after this one. Way ahead of you, brother. Uh, Adnan does not partake, but I'm sure, you know... Uh, whatever Adnan's equivalent is, I'm sure he will be partaking. So, uh, uh, I have a nice ginger ale. There you, know, you go. Yeah. I, I, I hate myself, so it's one of those bold ginger ale. <laughs> bold. Uh, yeah. So, so this is very, very like tough down the throat. Oh yeah, man. Ginger beer is where it's at, though. If you want to get some with a real bite, yeah. I gotta do my Ithaca Soda Company plug here. Ithaca brand ginger beer. It's it's where it's at. If you're trying to make cocktails and whatnot, or just have I, good ginger beer, but. Uh, I will. We should be getting paid for these sponsorships. I know, right? Yeah, Ithaca, hit me up. Free yeah. plugs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will say though, uh, it's. I don't think the salary cap will allow a full rebuild. Mm-mm. At least with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, like they're they're going to be on the team for the next two years at least, just yeah. because there's way too much dead money uh, to speak of if you get rid of them in either of these next two years. Mm. So I don't think it's possible to just go full rebuild. You do have some very promising young pieces. Uh, the first rounders the Falcons have gotten the past few years have been panning out. Like Lindstrom and McGarry look very good. Uh, your O line, it's it's big when a general manager comes into the position and he doesn't have to worry about the offensive line. And the Falcons pretty much they got Hennessy too, so you have left guard to worry about uh, in regard to O line, and that that's about it. Um, you have Calvin Ridley. Uh, who's a very promising young wide receiver who scored again. He's just like a fantasy monster this year mm-hmm. and, you know, a real-life monster. I think Ridley looks like he's going to – he's poised to take over Julio Jones in a couple of years when Julio really starts uh, slowing down because of age. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's – this this team has a lot of talent. It does. And I'm sure, I'm sure the next coaching staff, next GM, will want to try to – get as much out of this talent as possible just because you know matt and julio they make it land an attractive destination mm-hmm. and then it's perfect if you have a top five pick possibly let's go tank hashtag tank <laughs> hashtag um, tank for somebody i don't know yet but... t- tank for fields at this point yeah <laughs> um, um so if you lose if you get like a top five pick then you know you have matt ryan you have 
possibly uh, the next quarterback to sit behind him for the next couple of years. So you can win for a couple of years and then you can hopefully continue winning moving forward because, yeah, you have Deion Jones, you have Grady Jarrett. These are foundational pieces on defense. Right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, I think there is enough here, certainly, to to entice a team. Um, and I, I, or excuse me, like a coaching staff. Um, so I think there is, like, there's enough here. I, like, I think this is a better roster than what you have in Houston. I think this is a much better roster than what you have in New York. And, you know, we'll see what else happens. Maybe it's both New York teams that are looking for coaches at the end of the year. We expect that the Jets will be, but... You never know with the Jets, like what exactly is going to be going on there. But um, uh, Adam Gase extension. Adam Gase, look, he, you know, like he, he's given up play calling now, and the Jets had life, so you know that that man has new life in in New York, and he's gonna, you know, make the best of it, I guess. But uh, also want to uh, call attention to Murray Best, the second or eleven, I'm not sure, uh, has donated ten dollars, brother. Thank you so much. Uh, and he says, thanks for the great Weekly Connect, guys. I always enjoy watching you from Japan and experience the heartache with you. Brother, we appreciate you guys. So uh, you make it easier on us, honestly. So we, we appreciate having you guys. Yeah, to... Shout out watching from Japan. Shout out. Yeah. Like, big... You know, inter- Alcoholic International. Yeah. It's, it's all over. We're worldwide now. Uh, now we're going to start putting that in the promotional materials. Uh, and on that note, guys, uh, just to let you know, if you don't mind throwing a like at the video, uh, that helps other people on YouTube find it. And if you're not already subscribed, hit that subscribe button. I'll shout you out. And also, uh, you'll get notifications every time we go live. So that's really helpful for you. Uh, so I know we did have a question uh, about who would we take with that top pick at this time. So we're going to start the draft takes. Uh, with this, so at this point, I don't know if you've done any draft prep. I haven't really, but I know a couple of it's names. October. Maybe I, yeah. I shouldn't have to be asked to do draft right. prep in October. Do, do you do you have any names in mind uh, for assuming the Falcons have a top five pick? Anyone that you're looking at? Uh, Justin Fields. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good Justin one. Justin Fields. Yeah, it's like uh, I'm. We're not getting Trevor Lawrence. No, no, I don't think so. Um, and it's it, it should be quarterback, right? I mean, the other name, if you're not getting quarterback. Hainai Sewell, who is looking like, you know, an absolute generational type player on the offensive line, if you want to go that route and possibly maximize the last few years with uh, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones on the team. But I think if you're picking that high, you have to set yourself up for the future just because top five picks don't come along that often unless you're the Jaguars or the Jets or one of these absolutely terribly run franchises like the Falcons aren't that bad of a franchise all things considered it, it's an embarrassing franchise like you know we humiliate ourselves on a weekly basis at this point but it's not we're not bad in comparison to like some of these really bad franchises like look mm-hmm. at the Jags they went to the AFC championship game once and other than that and then after that they shipped out all of their players for like pennies and after that, they just like they picked in the top five pretty much every single season since 2008, since David Garrard was there. Shout right. out to David Garrard, you know. <laughs> Shout out to David. Garrard. Didn't think we'd uh, have we'd have. Man, a David I was Garrard not prepared for that game. one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the Falcons aren't going to be picking top five very often. You have to set yourself up for the future, and you, you know Matt Ryan's still going to be here for the next couple of years. But you can't. If, if you have a chance to get that, that quarterback for the next 10, 15 years, you have to do it. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. 
And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Yeah, you have to do it. It makes a lot of sense. Definitely. Also joining us now with his traditional late cameo, Evan Birchfield. Evan, how are you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you guys? Just great, you know. Oh, yeah, I'm really into this yeah. one. Yeah, you know. Uh, it's thanks, season. Yeah, we're, we're talking draft talk now. But, uh, yeah, I do want to give you a chance to get your thoughts in here on this game. Obviously embarrassing, but, uh, yeah, who, who do you blame, I guess? Because, you know, we've been throwing the blame around between Dirk Cutter and the defense. So where, where do you stand on that one? Um... I mean, it's not a popular take, but for all but two minutes of that game, um, you know, I thought the defense did really well. I even tweeted it, and I kind of blame myself because I probably jinxed <laughs> us, but I was saying how the Lions have scored 21-plus um, in every game this season, and at that point, it was uh, they still 16 have. points. <laughs> yeah, now they they officially have, but um, at that point, it's like it was six, uh, 16 to 14. Um you know, and it's just, it's tough to blame. Like, I'm not going to blame Todd Gurley. I mean, right, yeah. he clearly knew to fall down because he tried to at the last second. I think what, what was kudos to the Lions was that defender kind of clinged on. And if you watch, he let go. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he he didn't, like, break the tackle like the Lions defender. I forgot who, was, yeah. who it was, yeah. but let go. And Gurley ended up, you know, it's just... What I'm tired of is this team, if you're going to lose, just lose. Don't do it in, like... <laughs> dumbass fashion right where we have just, to hear about it the rest like of the week normally like, yeah yeah thank goodness we play a one o'clock game this week right <laughs> so we don't have to hear it you know leading yeah. up to thursday night football like it's just exhausting and yeah. it's like at this point you can't even be mad because it's you kind of expect it like I, i'm kind of like you know what i want to see if they're capable of doing this again and mm-hmm. they did um but they're always capable yeah it, it's it's like the way I'm looking at it, though, is right now it sucks, and we're kind of pissed off, and yeah. you know we're all like that, and that's fine. But come April, if we're talking about the difference of pick five, you know, or oh, we beat the Lions, so we're pick eleven, like we're we would regret that, yeah, right? Yeah. Is that safe to say? Oh yeah, yeah. We were like talking about Gurley being the hero. Yeah, he's the hero that preserved the tank. So good on you. Yeah, it's the 49ers game and the Bucks game all over again from last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, they they lost, so now we're one and six. Um, The other argument I would say is for people. I mean, last game it was kind of natural to kind of get a little more optimistic, I guess. Um, But everybody's still here. The only people we got rid of was Dimitrov, who had you know no he wasn't involved in game planning and stuff and dan quinn who was pretty much just doing the press conferences um but everybody else is still here dan quinn wasn't calling defensive or offensive plays he might have been involved in the defensive game plan but Mm. it's not like he was telling you know do third and 12 runs and stuff right still here yeah so why should we expect this team to like be competent all of a sudden like you know and we're not even halfway there's been three uh you know terrible embarrassing losses we're not even at the halfway point this year right between (laughs) the cowboys the bears and now this um there's plenty of time to make some more memories think of the potential potential. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i mean to evan's point as i was like 
coming home, I got this Bleacher Report notification. <laughs> another epic Falcons collapse. Oh, like, no. Yeah. This wasn't even that epic. Like, it wasn't that we, epic. Yeah. yeah we was... only left by seven. Like, hey, where have you been all right, year? Right. They've collapsed so many times now that, like, the, the suspense just isn't there anymore, you know? It's like it's like we're just expecting it at this point. Well, we had a 99% chance to win two games this year that we lost somehow. <laughs> yeah, just the, the 94 or whatever we had now. That That's, like, child's play. Yeah, no. We just, we just assume they're going to blow that lead, but... Um, yeah, I mean, this game probably puts the nail in the coffin for Raheem Morris's uh, chances of coaching this team next year. Um, mm-hmm. I think people were probably getting a little too optimistic about this team after a, a victory over a truly bad Vikings team that's probably also going to be cleaning house. Um, it, it's one of those games where it's one of those situations where you have uh, a new interim head coach comes into the building and takes over. You have a new voice, and then the team rallies in that first game. And, you know, as they rally, they put on a great performance, and you're wondering, oh, like, could this be a turning point? Like, no, it's not a turning point. (laughs) It's the Vikings. It's the Vikings who are an absolute shell of what they were the past few years. This is not the same Vikings team that's routinely been disposing of the Saints in the playoffs the past few years. Mm -hmm. Like, Everson Griffin isn't there. Linval Joseph isn't there. Um, Daniel Hunter isn't there. Yeah. this Xavier Rhodes, who was an absolute monster a few years ago and who wasn't really that great last year, he's not he's good there now. Anymore. He's great in, in Indianapolis. Yeah, he's, he's like the third, second or third now. best quarterback in the league right now. But um, yeah, I mean, like, come on, it's like that. That Vikings team is one of the few teams that are worse than us. Yeah, like they're they're not good. They're, Delvin Cook wasn't even playing playing. Mm-hmm. Like that, you should not be staking your like confidence in this team on oh we beat the minnesota vikings the one in like <laughs> hell six yeah minnesota brother yeah. It's and we went we, we got it up on them well too oh, yeah. um yeah. you know not having dalvin cook is huge because mm. alexander madison struggled even this week the, the lions running backs weren't tremendous i know no. swift mm. ended up scoring but um off that bullshit uh rough in the passer <laughs> call but um, oh god yeah I'm sure. Did you guys talk about that? Already? We did. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was bogus. It was definitely bogus. Yeah, that uh, that left a bad taste in my mouth. But then you know, of course, other things happened. So I and then you have Mike it. Pereira coming in defending oh, it. Oh, you left his feet like. Oh yeah, he, he yeah. was like slightly. Matt Stafford's like six inches taller than him. What the hell do you want him to do? Well, and like, Stafford froze too. Yeah, like he ran up and then just stopped. Like yeah. I don't know what else you're supposed to do. It's already hard know. enough to play defense in the NFL. Now you're expecting them to like. Uh, he even mentioned like he should have hit him lower, but then that's another flag. Right, like, like you, you can't go, too go low. low on him. Yeah, like right. what do you want him Stafford to do? Stafford wasn't even expecting the flag. He was like, he just popped up and was ready to get off the field. Right. Yeah. It's just bizarre, man. And it, that's the problem. Like, yes, they need to protect quarterbacks. Yes, they need to protect players from defenseless hits. But it's possible to go too far. Like, we need to flag the egregious stuff that was allowed to happen for too long. Everyone agrees on that. But now it's like, well, we need to have this very specific wording, so whether it's a flag or not. No, we don't. Like, you can use your eyes to know if something is egregious or not. You, you don't need to have this incredibly detailed six-sentence explanation of why something is or isn't roughing the passer. Like, it's something that you just know it when you see it. And unfortunately, we've gone too far in the other direction. And that, that often happens, yeah. And I think AJ Terrell had a very good game. Like, yeah. Tony Galladay had a great stat line, but Galladay was making some catches. Those were some stupid catches, man. He was last stupid. week, too. Yeah. I mean, uh, Galladay's just Thielen, really damn good. Yeah, he last week was shut down until the very end. Yeah. And yeah. he had to make, like, crazy catches to even 
you know, Galladay type catches yeah. to even like be relevant in that game. So I do I, I'm really say, impressed with I that. think Galladay's a top ten receiver in the NFL. Like Yeah, now yeah, he's healthy. Credit. Like he he looked like those that was some insane coverage and he had some insane catch that last catch, like to set up the game winning touchdown, that was Ridiculous. an incredible catch. Yeah. Like it was fantastic. They had that one on the sideline where I have no idea what Raheem Morris was doing challenging that play when it's clear that he got both feet in bounds and was like and caught it. That cost us our second time out. And I you know, I don't know if it would have made a difference, but you never wanna you know, you, you never wanna just waste timeouts like that. But man, like Terrell has been a breath of fresh air this season. Like he, there's some good pieces on it. I mean, even Foy, I think, is the other one on defense. Yeah, Foy looked very good. There's some good young pieces. There are, and even even Dante Fowler came to life for once. Where he (laughs) um, against the run, yeah, yeah, he got that big tackle against Adrian Peterson. And shout out to Matt Patricia, who's like still running old man Adrian Peterson out there when he has DeAndre <laughs> Swift damn. and even yeah. on Johnson. Like, Yeah, how, what how, happened to on Johnson? This man is good. Like, I do, I do not get it. He's like, we got Adrian Peterson now. Oh, man, I remember I had his football cards when I was growing up. I need to make sure we give this man carries every week. They always they always have, like, run, like remember, like, Javid Best? Oh, like, they God. had really good running backs, and they yeah. just, like, play for a year or two, and then they're hey, gone. Hey, Javid Best, like, I, I still maintain he would have been an absolute monster. He had those concussion issues, unfortunately. Like, yeah. he got so many that he was, you know, knocked out of, like, his NFL career. So, I hope Javid Best is doing okay. I just remember him at Cal when he was having, when he had that, like, five-touchdown game. <laughs> Dude was an absolute monster. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, on Johnson was literally a second-round pick out of Auburn a few years ago. Like, I remember him absolutely tearing apart a very, very good Georgia front seven yeah. in uh, in that game uh, in Auburn, where Georgia ended up getting him back with DeAndre Swift in the uh, SEC title game. Carryon mm-hmm. didn't play in that one, but like over 200 yards against Georgia in that game. And you know, Jake Fromm, absolute trash game manager on the road, just could not deal with the hostility of the road yeah. environment. But you know, that that's another that's, that's another that's like, another topic entirely. for another day. Yeah, yeah, an- another topic. But yeah, like Carryon Johnson, like he was a second round pick, and now he's just like relegated to the bench because you want to play Adrian Peterson. Yeah, yeah it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's totally the, embarrassing. The other thing I just remembered uh, randomly that was a ref thing was where Fowler was in the end zone, um, and they like said he like threw his helmet off, but it was actually Stephen Means like jumped on his back and knocked his helmet off, and yep. we got flagged for that. Yep. Just like stupid stuff. Oh, it's yeah. Just... These refs were an embarrassment. I mean, it, it was one of the worst officiated games of the season so far. But, I mean, that stuff's going to happen sometimes, and you have to overcome it, unfortunately. But, man, it was it was pretty egregious. It was pretty egregious. Uh, Brian Smith, thank you for the subscription, man. And I think there was um, Brandon Rogers, I believe it was, before that. I think I missed missed you. My, my feed's not updating right, so I apologize if I've missed anyone that's subscribed. But we really appreciate all you guys for that. Um, yeah, I... So I know, folks, uh, I believe it was Kells Creates was, was who it was that mentioned that Neil was really good today, and that's true. I think Neil has definitely looked better. He was all over the yeah, place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah so I looked, think he's finally getting healthy and finally getting back to his high level of play. Looked like the Keanu from 2017 out there. Yeah, yeah. So he, that's Wasn't that Galladay where, where it was like a super crazy catch? I think that was Neil that like hit him. Maybe, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I, I and he had that big sack. Yeah. yeah, he he also had that very good play where he like just destroyed T.J. Hawkinson on a play, and yeah. you know yeah. nobody's really like looking at it because it wasn't really that like big of a play, 
like you know all things considered it was like two yards but it, it was still like one of those patented Keanu Neal hits that were we got so used to his first couple of years yeah yeah uh, speaking of Kells Creates, uh, thanks for the subscription, man. Appreciate you. But, yeah, I mean, another, like, Michael Walker was another one that some folks in the chat have mentioned, uh, Shaquavia oh, Scott. He's so um, good. Yeah, like, uh, he has been, you know, I think impressive, especially for a rookie. Like, if you had to say, like, one group on this off on this Falcons defense is probably pretty much set. I mean, I think the linebacker core is, is, one, is maybe the best, most consistent group because Dion's been looking better. Foyer has been arguably the best player outside of Grady Jarrett, who is, you know, just going to be the best player on this defense probably because he's so good. But um, and, and now you've got Walker as the Sam guy, as the third guy that can play basically anywhere. So, I mean, this is, is a very solid group. Yeah. <laughs> it, right. Going into the season, I, I thought they were the weakest unit. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. Everyone did. Go ahead. There was no, there was no depth. I mean, uh, yeah. who was it behind? Reynolds? Leroy Reynolds? <laughs> Leroy. Who's like yeah, more out. special yeah. teams? Shout out to um, Laura Reynolds' dad, by the way. Yeah, please, yeah. please don't hurt me. And, and, <laughs> and we had Walker, who, who you know, a rookie, so we didn't know what to expect. Foy hadn't taken that next step yet, which you know, in hindsight, now we're like, oh wow, he's tremendous. But at that point, we didn't know. Um, it was like Deion Jones, and then who knows? But yeah, they're they're the strength right now. I'd say. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's like you like Campbell going. Devondre Campbell wasn't that great last year. You know, when he wasn't bickering with fans on Twitter, he was. <laughs> you know, missing tackles last season. But, yeah, Foye Oluokun, I think Foye should have gotten more of an opportunity last year. Yeah. I remember after the Rams game, I went and interviewed him in the locker room. You know, that was my claim to fame from a journalistic standpoint last season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, Foye, he looked really good in his rookie year as a sixth-rounder yeah. when um, when Deion Jones went down to the foot mm-hmm. injury, and then the coaching staff just buried him onto the bench and in his special teams yeah. for some yeah. reason. Like, that, that's just that's just bad coaching in that case where, you know, he didn't really do anything that, like, warranted it. You know, sure, Deion Jones came back from injury, but he still looked pretty good even after Deion Jones came back. And then, like, yeah. his sophomore year, they're just like, all right, we're just not going to play him all year long but yeah now he's like really stepping up and i'm glad that he's i'm glad that he's stepping up now before he steps up uh after he leaves the team because now they know that he's a very good player like he looks like a potential pro bowler in the future yeah i mean he's someone who you really want to resign yeah his athleticism was his best attribute coming out and you know, I think he's bulked up a little bit. He's stout against the run. I mean, this is a guy I think that has a lot of potential, you know, because he was playing at Yale and was kind of a small school guy, not someone who had a ton of hype. I certainly didn't know who he was before he got drafted here. So, and I, I actually pay attention to the draft and I didn't know who he was. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I that's a great pickup and it's great that he's playing well. And I know a lot of fans are like high on Micah Parsons, the linebacker um, in the draft. And, and Micah Parsons is great, and I'd be happy with Parsons, but it's like you do wonder that with the Falcons having all these linebackers, if, like, you just kind of lean towards another position, like, you know, and I was all about Isaiah Simmons this year, but it's like with the linebackers actually being, like, solid to good, it's like they desperately need help on the edge. They have to have somebody there that can produce. And, like, Tack, this is Tack's first game where he didn't get just injured again, so I want to give him, you know, some time to, to work here, but... Fowler has not been a good pass rusher. He's been Bro, t- extremely Tax had like five years. Yeah, well, like, I know. I'm not saying that he's like the future years. or anything, but like, you know, when he's been healthy this year, he's been good. This this week, he was getting back into it clearly. Um, Fowler has been 
completely invisible as a pass rusher. Now he has made some run defense plays, but he's not getting paid 16 goddamn million dollars to stop the run, okay? Like, we could go out there and get Red Bryant if we wanted a, a run-stuffing edge for, like... Oh, there, there's a name I haven't heard in a yeah. while. <laughs> Shout out to Red da- Bryant, by the way. But... David Garrard and Red Bryant. Yeah, there's yeah, a, lot, you, you of, a lot of good refs on this, on this show. But, <laughs> like, it, it just, like... He's not getting paid all this money to be good against the run. Like, it's nice that he is good against the run. That's, like, a nice bonus considering that Vic Beasley was just a huge liability there. But, like, you got to start producing as a pass rusher. You're not going to be here very long. Um, Like, you're not making it to the third year of that contract. Um, So, let's... Yeah, I mean, I know, uh, Adnan, you said Justin Fields would be your choice. And I totally agree with you there. Like, if he's on the board, I think that's someone they have to consider. You know, Trey Lance is another name that they might have to consider because if the Falcons are picking closer to, like, five overall instead of, like, two or three, you know, Fields could be off the board as well. So, uh, Trey Lance could be an intriguing guy. Obviously, someone that is a little bit more of a risk, I think, but that that could be something. Um, And speaking of Trey Lance Lance and Fields, George Casanza with another $5 donation, brother, you are just, like, coming in clutch today. We really appreciate you, man. Uh, so he says he doesn't know why everyone's so high on fields. Tell me the last Ohio State quarterback to do anything in the NFL. Fair. Fair. Um, don't worry, I'll wait. Yeah. So he says we should take Trey Lance or go O-line since assuming we'll be fifth. Since he's assuming that we'll be fourth or fifth overall. Thank you for the awesome stream, brother. Thank you for being awesome and supporting us. We, we really appreciate that uh, so much, guys. So... I mean, I don't disagree with him. Like, I, I honestly, it, if like if we had more tape, because Trey Lance only played that one game this year against like Central Michigan or something, and he was like kind of mediocre as a passer and like pretty good as a runner, but like we're not getting a lot of tape on him. So Trey Lance is kind of inherently risky because of that. With Fields, maybe we'll get a little more tape, and then people are just always hype on Ohio State quarterbacks because yeah, it's yeah. I agree. Like Ohio State quarterbacks have not really done great in the nfl historically yeah you know and that you know to say the least but it's still like you, you can't blame a guy for where he goes to school yeah like uh, yeah. i don't think that should be used against him like oh he went to ohio state oh this guy like went to usc and usc never produced quarterbacks like uh, i think it was was it matt leinert oh uh, god well, yeah you know, i think it was out, matt leinert yeah. hey it, it's it's a matt leinert reference right oh now, god so. we're just really digging deep tonight <laughs> yeah, well, no, we're, we're just moving along <laughs> moving this thing along um, but yeah, it's like, uh, I like what I've seen from Justin Fields. And if you want to criticize him for, you know, what you see on the field, then absolutely go ahead. I just don't think it's fair to criticize him just because of what school he's got. He goes to. Yeah. I mean, there is a saying in scouting, uh, I'm an amateur scout, but among all scouting folks, it's the saying is scout the player, not the helmet. And that's important to remember because it like, yes, especially if the coaching staff remains the same. There are certainly some reasons to think that, you know, XYZ player that comes from Clemson or from Ohio State, places that have had a lot of continuity in their coaching staff, like they're going to have certain, you know, schematic tendencies or certain things that they're going to be good and or bad at compared to their peers because the coaching staff is the same. But for something like quarterback, like the, the prospects are all so different. I mean, like Fields obviously probably reminds people a lot of like Cardale Jones and that he's a good runner who is, you know, evolving as a passer. I, I think Fields is a much better prospect than Cardale Jones. You know, Cardale, we didn't have a ton of tape on him either. Uh, Cardale played in like three games. Yeah, so. Uh, and, um, you know, and he was like, I remember the hype between Cardale Jones. Like, he oh, was, yeah. 
it, it was like he played three games. He won three rings for it. He um, won the Big Ten title. He won a playoff game where he just handed it off, it off to Zeke over and over again. And then he won the national championship game. What what a year! I think that was the first year of the Ohio yeah. State like of the playoff. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, so like. You know, I, I don't think you should hold it against Fields that Cardale didn't work out or Dwayne Haskins didn't work out because Fields is totally different from Haskins. Like, Haskins was very much a pocket passer, um, and, you know, he struggled. But he went to goddamn the Washington football team, so I don't really hold anything against players that, unfortunately... Right now. Yeah, I mean, like, it was pretty obvious. Like, he got drafted under a truly terrible regime. The regime gave up on him quickly. Then they hired a new regime, and Ron Rivera who's a good coach, like, decided he wanted to bring his guy, Kyle he, Allen, in. He and hates it, him. Yeah. Like, Ron Rivera never wanted Dwayne Haskins. So it's it's like, has Haskins been good? No. But he never got a fair shake there. And it's just hard. I mean, it's kind of the same thing with Josh Rosen. Like, he just got screwed. And sometimes that happens. But um, yeah, it, It's so unlucky when you're in a bad situation and your coach and the staff that, like, is responsible for you being there just gets fired. Yeah, like that, su- because the next coach is always going to want to bring his guy in, mm-hmm. like pretty much. Yeah, it's so su- it's so unlucky, like when that happens. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, with, yeah. yeah, it's very unfortunate with Josh Rosen. I'm I'm taking the L on that one. I thought he'd be a very good player. A lot of people did. Yeah, yeah, he 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 didn't. He does not. He has not shown anything that indicates good player at this point. Yeah. Josh Rosen right now is uh, the backup with the Bucks, or maybe he's on their oh, practice. So he's squad. learning from Tom Brady. <laughs> no, yeah, he's going to learn so much. Yeah, to- Tom Brady really is trying to teach Josh Rosen with like with his time in Tampa Bay right now. Yeah. No, Josh Rosen is uh, who am I trying to say? Josh Rosen is Jared Goff on a bad team. Yes, yes, I agree completely because mm-hmm. if you had Josh Rosen on that. On that uh, Rams team, he he looked like a competent quarterback. And if you take Jared Goff away from Sean McVay, he's terrible. Yeah, yeah. So th- I, I firmly believe that. Like Josh Rosen is Jared Goff on a team that's not the Rams. So, like, it, it really it, like it, it matters where pl- these players go. I, I know everyone wants to evaluate talent in a vacuum, but like where they go uh, does matter. And Kieran Welsh uh, asks, "Did we watch Peter King's interview with Dimitrov?" I did. Um, yeah, I watched. It wasn't all that illuminating. I mean, Dimitrov is basically like, "Oh, I'm surprised I was fired," but like, I don't know why you're surprised. The team's 0 and five. You've now failed with two specific head coaches, so I don't know why you're shocked. I mean, but he seemed to be shocked by it. So, um. <laughs> didn't he mention the fans? Like that was the reason. I don't remember him specifically saying that, but he, it was said it was like fan pressure or something like that was yeah. one of the reasons. He's uh, definitely you know. subtweeting us with that one, I assume. So yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe he's watching the show. Maybe. Uh, I mean, Shout he, he has Dimitrov. a lot of free time yeah. right now. He does. It's not, it's not like up. he has a team to run. Yeah, if you want to apologize to us, Dimitrov, uh, you know, we're here. I'm not going to say what he needs to apologize <laughs> for, but, you know, we're here if you do. Uh, we'll, we will accept your apology. It's, it's okay. Everyone makes mistakes. Oh, well, uh, I wouldn't speak on behalf okay. of everyone. I won't speak let, on behalf of everyone, but... Uh, us personally, maybe, but... Yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, we can't speak for all the crew, but... At least, at least me, like you know, people make mistakes. You know, if he's if he's man enough, you know, to come in here and apologize to us live on the air, then yes, I will accept his apology. Maybe we can have him on the show. Yeah, he can be he can be you know our, our like you know uh, our GM, a former GM contributor. Man, that would really raise the profile of this yeah. whole thing. So. Yeah, for sure. It's like like I said, open invite <laughs> to Thomas Dimitrov. Yes, uh, I know. I know you're not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, in I know the you're meantime. free on Wednesday nights at eight ten p.m. But yeah. Yeah, uh, I'd love to have Dan Quinn on though. I think that would be oh, yeah. very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'd honestly just I'd like love picking Dan his Quinn. brain. Yeah, 
Yeah, I I think like all Falcon staff are banned from coming on any of our programs, but uh, yeah. you know, or any programs at all, really, unless they're like literally the head coach or something like that. But uh, <laughs> it's not like they're singling us out. I just don't think anyone's really allowed to do podcasts or anything like that, especially during the season. But um, yeah, uh, that's such a bad look. Can you imagine they're just doing <laughs> podcasts and the team is just just proud. talking mad trash? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, man, this X X and X Y and Z coach is terrible, brother. Like, we got to get these bums out. Oh wait, is this live? <laughs> yeah. Also, I agree with Waterproof Face eighty three. Um, That's a great name. Yeah. Shout out Brandon Powell. Or no, that was a uh, Shaquavius Scott. My my, mis- my mistake. Shaquavius saying uh, Brandon Powell does nothing to the return game. Yeah. Like we need like, to, we need to talk about this. Like we're we're over an hour, so we're gonna wrap up here shortly, guys. But like Brandon Powell, man, why? Like why? Somebody tell me why. Just also, why. why did he have yeah. why did he have two targets when Zacchaeus is a better receiver than him? Because they refused like, to was... put Zacchaeus in the slot. They like he's not he. They don't have him play the slot, so therefore he's impo- It's impossible for him that, to go into the slot. Sense. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you know. You know what I'm saying. But like, look, like Powell's a solid like wide receiver five six. Like he can go out and run routes and catch passes. But like, goddamn, we paid like eighty thousand dollars for for Chris Rowland. And then, yeah, he might be good. We don't yes. know. Like you're one in five, you're one in six now. Like what the hell? See. Like yeah, yeah. kind of like test it out. Maybe we don't need to go and give the guy who gets like three three yards per punt return, you know, all the touches in the return game because like if Chris Roller muffs a punt, who cares? At least we know he's gonna muff a punt. Like at least we know something. Like you know, and I, I apologize because I know Brandon Powell's brother. I think it is follows me on Twitter and he's been very critical of my coverage of Brandon Powell. It's not personal, it's professional. Like no, hey, it's not as bad as Isaiah Oliver's dad. <laughs> well, yeah, Isaiah Oliver's dad. Shout out uh, to Isaiah Oliver's dad. Uh, apparently subscriber to the to the show. Uh, so, uh, we appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, thank you Isaiah. Yeah, it's not personal. Like I want Brandon Powell to be good. I want Isaiah Oliver to be good. I want every single Falcons player to be as good as possible, but I can't make them be good. Like you have to show it on the field. And like Maybe it's not fair that we only get to see these guys for, you know, XYZ number of plays every week. But those are the only plays we can grade on. I'm not there in practice to see Brandon Powell busting off 85-yard kick return touchdowns or some something like that. You know, I seriously doubt that's happening, but, like, maybe it is. We wouldn't know. So, like, we can only grade off of what we see, uh, and uh, what uh, we see is this shit is bad. <laughs> it reminds me of J.D. McKissick just, like, doing a great job uh, in, in preseason a few years ago. He busted one back for, like, a touchdown, and then they just, like, cut him. Yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah, a good now, point. Now, and, and then he found a place in, like, Seattle and, like, in mm-hmm. Washington. He's been very serviceable. He, like, gets a lot of touches in Washington nowadays. But, uh, yeah, I, I do want to say shout-out to Isaiah Oliver. He well, he didn't do anything embarrassing today. He was I fine. Mean, he wasn't, yeah, yeah he, he wasn't on the field for Yeah, I mean, it was unfortunate that it didn't matter, but, like, he was yeah. absolutely key on that Hawkinson tackle, keeping him from getting yeah. out of bounds. Like, that... Should have oh, probably that helped fantastic. him. That was yeah, great. That was, you know, it was that, very that, heads that up took play. Off, yeah. That took off like 15 seconds. Yeah. Hey, I will say, like, Isaiah Oliver, when it comes to, like, phys- the physical, like, aspect of the game, he's very good at it. He's a good tackler. Like, yeah. like remember that Zach Ertz tackle yeah. uh, in our one one win in the first half last year against the Eagles <laughs> where he just, like, stopped the bigger Zach Ertz on that fourth down. Um, But, yeah, it, it's like Isaiah Oliver didn't get burned this week. Which he did an improvement from literally every other week yeah in the nfl season so far yeah i mean i do take issue with kendall sheffield matching up with kenny galladay because there's no universe where that 
is good for Kendall yeah, Sheffield. But, but if you put Kendall Sheffield on Galladay, they don't expect that. Yeah, well, that's the last thing they expect. The closer you are to danger, the farther you are from harm. So, <laughs> shout out to Lord of the Rings with that ref. But uh, yeah, Clarity A1 with another $5, brother. Thank you. Uh, he wants to point out, even though it's off topic, I don't think it's really off topic, that Arthur Blank being on the sideline is a curse. I agree. Arthur Blank, please stay in the box. Please. <laughs> oh, he uh, looked so pissed yeah. after that mm-hmm. touchdown. Even he with looked, the mask. He was like, yeah. Oh, he, yeah, the mask made it even worse. Like, he, he, he <laughs> you could just feel so his angry. seething anger under there. Yeah. No, I mean, it's unfortunate. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we need to see Chris Rowland, and we need to see him now. Like, they're protecting him every week on the practice squad. Clearly, they know this guy is at least worth protecting. Like, let this man return kicks, for God's sake. Like, what? what is the downside? You're one in six. It's not like you're winning anything. Like, I just... Like, start seeing what these players can do. Give this man some game reps. Like, if he has a muff pump problem... Let him go out there and fix it. Like, let him get these game reps. Let him get the this experience he needs. Because sorry, I think Brandon that's Powell, the problem. Yeah, yeah. They don't care about evaluating him because <laughs> they're not going to be right. Him. Put the tape out there for somebody, for God's sake, like anything. But yeah, I mean, you're you're probably not wrong about that. Like Raheem Morris is like, I don't care to evaluate anyone. I'm not going to be here anyway. But I don't blame him to be honest. Like he's he's coaching for a job himself next year. Right. Yeah. I mean, I well, I think it would be a net positive if all of a sudden he puts in a guy in Chris Rowland that turns out to be, you know, a really good returner who his predecessor failed to, like, put on the active roster. But, you know, I digress no, Speaking there. of which, it's like, it seems like it wasn't a Dan Quinn thing with Deidre's Sonat. He was getting rested all week and then was inactive <laughs> again. Yeah, yeah, poor Deidre's Sonat. Well, well, he's tired. He re- he's tired, man. Yeah, maybe he really pissed off Raheem Morris, like, of all maybe people. Maybe that because, was the secret, yeah. Yeah, they don't even let him practice nowadays, <laughs> let alone play. Right, they don't even let this poor man practice. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I... I it's weird. Like, there are some poor decisions. Um, let's see. Someone else mentioned something. Yeah. Trey Mendez asks, where's Bleedy Ray Wilson? I agree. Free Bleedy, okay? We need to get this trending, guys. Hashtag free Bleedy because I don't get it. Like, every time Bleedy Ray Wilson has to start a game, he's, like, measurably better than whoever he's replacing. And then he goes right back to the bench whenever so-and-so is healthy. Like, if I was Bleedy, I would want out of here. I wouldn't keep signing deals in Atlanta because... Like, he, could, he he graded out as, like, our second or third best corner last year <laughs> on, like, you know, 20% of the snaps. But still, like, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, let this man play. Like, if Oliver isn't cutting it, Bleedy is the next best option that's big other than, like, AJ Terrell. So, like, I just don't, I don't see, like, what's the downside to trying out different personnel at this point? I, I guess I just don't see it. But, uh, hashtag free Bleedy. That's where, that's where I am. Um, that's where we're at at this point in the season yep that's where we're at <laughs> hashtag free bleeding yep um but yeah guys we appreciate all of you for tuning in i'm going to give my co-hosts here an opportunity to plug their stuff but before we get out of here do want to remind you that uh you can follow the show at falcoholic live on twitter you can subscribe and we appreciate that as well and if you don't mind throwing a like that helps other people find the video out there on the big bo- the big wide youtube interwebs so we appreciate that as well uh and then just another reminder that we have another show on Wednesdays at 8, 10 p.m. East, uh, Eastern. That's every week. We get into a little bit more uh, of the, the details and the analytics and stuff from the game. So if you're looking for a little bit more of an intimate show, tends to be less people there. So if you got questions and things like that, it's a little bit easier to get them squeezed in. I apologize that we can't get to everyone. Uh, but yeah, check that out, guys. So in the meantime... We have with us tonight Adnan Ikic at Say Which Way on Twitter. Adnan, anything else you want to get in tonight? Anything else you want to plug? 
Um, just the standard articles. Uh, do a fantasy football stud and dud uh, article weekly that occurs weekly, and then a weekly article talking about what if the Falcons win and what if they lose. Uh, every single, I think that runs every single Saturday. So check that out. And you know, at this point, that article has turned into a draft standings watch. So it's basically looking at what hap- what are the Falcons' draft standings if we win, and what if what are they if we lose. You know, as opposed to what I was hoping it would be uh, at the beginning of the season when I started it, and I did it last year. I was hoping it would be a, a playoff watch, but you know, we're not talking about playoffs. We're one in six. <laughs> we're yeah. one in six. We have two games against the Bucks. We have a game against the Chiefs left. So hey, you know, we it, could it, still we could still finish nine and zero and be ten and six. Okay, you're oh, telling me there's God. a chance. Oh no, no, I'm not. Wait, I, no, I'm not. <laughs> that wasn't what I said. That wasn't what I said. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Thursday night. Uh, Thursday night will be a live show as well, or mm-hmm. a post game show after the Panthers game. Yep. So you know, let, let's see if, if the Panthers sweep us. <laughs> <laughs> Complete the sweep. Oh no. Um, yeah, I mean, no. that's a franchise we've owned in recent history, ever since like Cam Newton de- and the entire team dabbed on the sidelines, but <laughs> no, not this year. It's like, who, who would have thought Teddy Bridgewater was, was the elixir to break that uh, Falcons' ownage of them? Right. I mean, yeah, it reminds me of when Bridgewater played his first game ever, like, oh, that's you know, right. for the Minnesota yeah, yeah. Vikings. Mm-hmm. And when we had, uh, I think, Levine Toy Lolos are starting right tackle, and they just gashed us the entire game in Minnesota. Yep, they did. I do remember. Yeah. This team has a habit of doing that. And, you know, also Teddy Bridgewater, hashtag best quarterback in the NFC South, you know, because it's not, uh, it's not, you know, Drew Brees anymore. So I remember someone tweeted, I, I think I tweeted that out, like, oh, it's going to be crazy when Teddy Bridgewater is better than Drew Brees at the end of the year. And they, like, you know, let him walk in free agency. And we're living that right now. We are living hey, that. Shout out to Teddy, man. He yeah. He's getting some money. Like, he, he, is? he is earning some money. And that's great to see after he had that big, big injury, that very scary injury a few years ago in practice. So, you know, uh, I'm all for these guys getting their money. You know, yeah. Dak, Dak, go get your money, go man. Your money, like, well, look at what's going on in Dallas. Squeeze Jerry Jones for every penny you can get. I am not on team. Like, I do not like Jerry Jones. I want Dak to win. Like, I want him to win this. Yeah, yeah. All right. Also with us tonight, for the traditional late cameo, Evan Birchfield at the very easy to remember at Evan Birchfield on Twitter. Evan, anything else you want to add tonight? Anything else you want to plug? Uh, No, just, you know, keep reading our stuff at thefalcoholic.com. Win or lose, we're all still here. Um, I always mention it, but what separates us from everybody else is we write about the team, but we're also all fans of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we lose, we're all kind of – usually hurt but i think this year we've all just kind of <laughs> we're used to it so yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh yeah you can find me on twitter at evan birchfield and uh yeah uh, appreciate you watching right yeah you know you can feel the pain in our voice you know when when we discuss this you know embarrassing <laughs> football team as opposed to when you tune into espn all you get is indifference you know so Mm-hmm. With us, you can you know see the true pain on our faces from being tortured <laughs> Falcons fans. We do it all for you. Uh, we, we appreciate you guys. Like I said, my name is Kevin Knight, at Falcoholic Kevin on Twitter. I will have columns on uh, early this week talking about the game. Like I said, we'll be back on Wednesday night at 8.10 to talk about this game, to preview Thursday night football. Uh, we usually have you know some, some folks on here like Keenan Forney, former Falcons guard. Uh, he usually provides some excellent uh, player uh 
you know, perspective to everything because he's been there in the locker room. Um, you know, we've got a lot of other great guests that come on frequently, like Eric Robinson. Sometimes get hashtag Dave Meat. Uh, you know, I know, I know you guys uh, are interested in that. So oh, the, the tips are going to be out of control. Yeah, yeah, Dave. I know when Dave Meat shows up. Yeah, but maybe you have to make that a patron, a Patreon backer. You know, bonus. You get to ask unlimited access to hashtag Dave Meat. But uh, yeah, uh, thank you guys again for tuning in. We really appreciate you. Subscribe and like if you don't mind. We do appreciate that. We will see you guys on Wednesday night to preview this Thursday night game, and we will we will go from there. Again, thank you to everyone. That chipped in. Clarity A1, George Costanza, Murray Best. Thank you all uh, for your support. And thank you everyone for tuning in. We appreciate you guys a lot. All right. Until Wednesday, guys. Enjoy the rest of your football Sunday. We will talk to you then. Have a great night.